1: Listening to CLNS Media powered by betonline.ag. Go to slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit.
0: Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the Fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience.
1: Hey, are you, are you done yet? We got to start the show. <laughs> It's your host Mark Olred back again, keeping the hockey talk going through this long off season. Um, although that the Bruins did make the Stanley Cup Finals, it does seem a little bit shorter because we're not that far away from October and preseason uh, activities. But this is episode 139, sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Um, I have we're in studio today in this beautiful, beautiful Friday afternoon. I'm sorry, Friday evening I always get those day times and everything screwed up But my friend Heather is back My dear friend, long time Amesbury Ite friend <laughs> Heather, how's it going Heather? What are we? Are Amesburyans? What
0: exactly is the logistics Burians,
1: of? ites, whatever, yeah. I, something like I that don't I don't know As long as we're not seaburgers.
0: Things are okay Oh, now <laughs> was, no one no, Yeah, kidding. it's not
1: how you're going to get people in Seaburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding For my seabrook, um, yeah. that's a big joke You guys all know that but no, uh, just scratching away at a couple of topics that we picked up on. And uh, in the second hour of the program, I had a great interview with my dear friend, um, Craig Eagles. He's a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League scout, and he is a Rogers TV color analyst for the New Brunswick area, uh, Maritime region. Um, so stay tuned for that, because that was a fantastic um, um, conversation about uh, Bruins prospects like Jakob Lauko and um uh Samuel Asleen that uh just signed so um stay tuned for that please uh, the first one we're going to going to go on is the uh the interview with Cam Neely from NBC's uh Boston Sports Joe Haggerty Bruins insider uh sat down with the former uh power forward now Bruins uh president of hockey operations i think that's what it is hmm. cam still yeah Anyway... We just always call him the president. I don't know what his actual official terms (laughs) are. I totally forget. But, um, no, he sat down and had some kind of, you know, theory of when he thinks that the Bruins are going to get these two deals done. Because the longer we wait, it just feeds the need for Bruins drama and how fans can just easily freak out because things are not going their way or their or their favorite players are not signed immediately right after july first. So um there's still plenty of time to negotiate. Uh and and that's what Cam Neely actually said and, and you know he basically pointed out that they have some time to negotiate, things uh, uh, should get done, and and he kind of speculated on a time frame it could get done. So, um, Heather, um, reading the article that Joe wrote, actually, uh, Nicholas Goss. Yeah, I read Nick Goss's kind of article
0: on Haggerty's interview. Right.
1: So so basically just tell me what he said and, and what Cam came back with. Well,
0: I mean, the sit-down had a lot of talk about a lot of things. But these were the big quotes that came for me about kind of where the Bruins and these players stand. And I don't know if I feel better or the same. Like, it, have I really learned any new information? But uh, one of the things that Neely said is that we do have to plan to prepare these players to not be at camp on opening day. But we have five or six weeks hopefully to get something done. We feel we should be able to get something done with both of these guys at numbers that make sense for us and hopefully make sense for them. I think we've done a really good job of kind of managing the cap and making sure that we're okay in getting these guys done. I don't disagree with Mr. Neely on they've done a good job managing the cap as they could, you know what I mean? At the it's same tricky. time, we are still a couple million dollars short of reasonable, even bridge deals with McAvoy and, or Carlo. I mean, I th- we've talked about this. I think Carlo's probably Good. getting the long term this time and McAvoy's getting the bridge and then I'll switch out on the back end of the contracts. But or, like, at the same reverse, time, it, yeah, like either way, like one of them is getting the long term now and one of them is getting the long term later. We know that. It makes me nervous. Like, I'm not nervous that we won't sign them because they both want to be here and they understand that seven, we have, like, about seven and a quarter mil to spend or so. Actually, I wrote down that, but I forgot. Like, I don't care the exact number. But seven to eight million, which is also what Haggerty's article was saying. Probably cat-friendly. That's what everybody looks like. And uh, it just makes me nervous thinking about them not, they are young players and, like, like last year, was it last year, Nylander, or was it the year before where he sat till December and then he finally Nylander. signed? Right. Yep. That's not, that's great to re sign the player, but it makes me nervous a player missing three months of a season like that, just conditioning wise, team gelling. what like
1: Yeah, your training afford, camp's in December.
0: That doesn't make me feel better to what are we going to replace them with? Because if they're not signed, they can't play. And it, they're young dudes that I think it's important for them to be at camp and be able to be on the ice. I mean, that's part of the reason Char is still back. That's part of, you know, whatever. Right. So that's just my take. But those are, that's from Cam Neely. So, I mean, it's optimistic. They obviously, they're in contact with Carlo and McAvoy, knowing they're not calling us to let us know how they're feeling about it. Yeah. I feel like everyone's still just in a patient waiting game. Come September 1st, though, I think I might start getting a little nervous, just A, for these kids who are both... Have been injured before in their young careers to just, get conditioned with the team.
1: Just to wrap this uh, this topic up because we're trying to get through to uh, some oh, yeah. important questions later on in the uh, in the show. Sorry. Um, no, 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 no. It's nothing to do with you. It's just timing. Um, it's um, I'm not going to freak out until until camp. And I was at camp under um, the umbrella of the Boston Bruins as a media member, as a guest, and. Pasanag was a no, was a holdout. So, and little behold came out. It was a sweet ass deal. Very cap friendly for the Boston Bruins and uh pretty much set a tone for other players that are coming here, uh new players that are just signing new deals that, you know, if you want to play here, you know, prepare be prepared to like stay a long time but get minimal pay and and be successful. And that's what I think they've done so far. So, Pasanag got signed. That's the best thing about that whole thing. So, I believe that something's going to happen, so regardless. My thing is I'm not sure we, how cat-friendly deal.
0: We're kind of in a place where cat-friendly is kind of a functioning uh,
1: expression, not reality. No, you know, I get that's you. That's amazing. I absolutely get you. And All right. Mo- the whole LTIR crap, I don't believe, so uh, regardless. All right, uh, moving on to another rumor, stupid rumors. Uh, But it it, it seems to gain a lot of traction and a lot of truth. Um, It seems that the uh, Bruins were trying to trade um, David Backus, uh, who they're trying to move for cap reasons, um, wanted to trade for Milan Lucic of the Edmonton Oilers at the time. This was before Lucic was traded to the uh, Calgary Flames. So my theory on this is it's a contract. it's, It's two bad contracts. And it made absolutely no sense to me. I, um, I think Joe Haggerty wrote this one too. Um, but even if they were seriously exploring it, it's, it's just dumb. I don't get it. I mean, you're not you're not gaining anything. You're, you're, you you're you just have a new face in the same situation. Hmm. I, I just don't understand the theory. And and of course the uh, I love Milan Lucic's folks are going to be you know hammering me on Twitter. Um, it's because he's a big, uh, hunking man, of love that. You know, he he belongs back in Boston. I don't believe that. I believe his numbers are declining. I don't. I, I just he's a good player, and I'm happy he's still in the league and he's making a career of it. But we don't need that anymore.
0: Well, I was going to say they can hand me all they want, but I do love Milan Lujic, But I think that David right, Backus look. is a better player. If you're going to be playing a busted down, aging mm-hmm. player, Backus at least still has a lot of skills that, no offense, that Lucic never had to start with. I mean, it wasn't his job. You know, Bacchus is much more of the smart forward. You know, like, that wasn't really Lucic's role. Like, we used to laugh, like, dude can't skate, right, in the world of, like, transit. But he could hit somebody, right? And when he's in his zone, he is so in his zone, and he can score and he can do whatever. But I agree with you. It's like trading, like, one glass
1: of another glass. You're not making any... Any leeway in a trade like that? You're not going ahead on that. It is so even; it's ridiculous. Um, and 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 Luchinc having a um, a no buyout clause on the on the tail end of his career or whatever is is another ridiculous thing. So, no, I'm sorry, I do not want him back. Give me Milan Luttrells of his first four of his eight Bruins years, absolutely. In a heartbeat. If that guy could find that, I want him back. But his last fours of Bruins were declining. I think he was told to play a different role. I think he was told to step it down because the league was going that way. Mm-hmm. But regardless of what is hearsay, I, I don't want him back. I, I don't see a need for that anymore. And he's slowing down. We need speed. The game is obviously evolving into a speed thing. Uh, if you want to address that right side, you don't put a Milan Lucic there. You don't even put a Milan Lucic there that makes $6 million on the fourth line. Fourth-liners don't make that money anymore unless you purposely put them there. They're million-dollar plug-and-plays. Said That's a million times. Be. Yeah, exactly. So, no. All right. Speaking of just say no, it's almost like the frig- back in the 80s when Nancy Reagan used to say, say no to drugs. Because this is the same thing. It's like, I love the Bruins fans. I love their ideas and so on. But there's a few small crowd in the internet And believe it or not, just because it's not said on friggin' Twitter, doesn't mean it's not said anywhere else on the internet. Social media has many levels of avenues that you can look for. So, when somebody says something, don't like... I hate when people come at me and say, Oh, you're just making that up. Whatever, dude. But anyway, just say no to Kevin Shattenkirk. Can you believe that that was even a... I mean, it's like, oh, they bought him out. You can get him at a cheaper deal. Number one... Where's the cap space coming from? you got to find money to, fi- to fill in the contracts of Brandon Carlo and, and Charlie McAvoy. And now you want to bring on another defenseman that's... that's uh, I don't get it. I don't get the logic in this whole thing. And, and when, 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 when asked, they come back with, well, you're not totally sure that McAvoy or Carlo are coming back. Wouldn't you want an insurance policy? We'll I don't think that's an insurance policy. But it brings me back to the cap. It doesn't matter if they're signed during the off-season or the regular season. You still have to have availability in the cap space. So even if this guy's an insurance policy and you bring him in, I'm not going to be there that long because you can't afford him. I don't want him anyways. I didn't want
0: him no. the first time. I, I I say this to you all the time. Sorry, not to, I know you all hate that, but that probably sounded bad. But... Um, Honestly, I'm like there are some names you pay for and actually will benefit your team and then there are some names that their whole careers have been big names that haven't ever popped off big and I don't like those kind of players. I don't want that the same reason why I Jimmy Hayes drove me insane because I don't want to hear how good this kid is. Like I don't like Kevin Miller but that's a personal preference, but he is good at what he does when he's not injured, right? So that's a personal preference. I'm, I'm not saying I don't think Shattenkirk is a good player. I'm just saying I don't think he's a good player attitude-wise, style-wise, to be on this team. That's just my opinion. I didn't want him the first time that they talked about
1: everyone. Oh, my God, we
0: should get Shattenkirk. No,
1: I don't. I'm good. Sorry. Maybe a couple of years ago when, it, when they were trying. Even then, no. But ever since, No. And, and I fine. feel like
0: he's an underachiever. He falls into that category we talk of of people who are great draft number, like whatever, but they never fully, like people would argue Rick Nash, right? He's a prime example who was top of his class, great top classy player, yeah, good numbers. but, you know, whatever reason, didn't have quite the career that was expected of him, you know? That's it. That's how I feel about Kirk. I, I don't want to see mean things. And I know for any of you who know us, will be like, oh, wow, Heather doesn't want
1: to say something mean, but. <laughs> but it's like, it's like Beck, back in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. I tweeted this out today because I was thinking about Shattenkirk. If Beck didn't have two turntables and a microphone, guess what? He wouldn't have a good career. So guess what? Kevin Shatkirk has two bum knees, and you guys expect he's going to have a great end to his career that's already declining? No! 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 I need to sit down with every one of you, and you need to hit what I've been hitting. It's crazy! It's crazy to think that way, that you need this guy. You have a pipeline. You have the Connor Cliftons of the next... Of of the next generation, you have Zboril. Even if you don't believe in him, he's he's a better option at a 23 year old defenseman, blue line, or whatever you want to call him, than a an aging no need Kevin Jannikard. That's my rant. I'm sorry. Can we, we stop wasting our breath on Kevin?
0: Shatengard I know. Now? I'm just, it's just <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're moving on. Someone that you do like though is the John internet's
1: just crazy. Feature. 2019 first-round draft pick John Beecher has been playing outstanding hockey at the World Junior Summers Showcase in Plymouth, Michigan at Team USA Arena. Um, I have been so happy to have been able to watch every one of his games, or if I couldn't watch them, they were on demand, and I've replayed them. Um, Fantastic forward, a real steal for the Bruins. Uh, listening to the Skate Pod with Matt Kalman did a mini um, podcast today with um, Prospect Guru at NHL.com writer Mike Morielli. Fantastic, fantastic interview. I highly recommend you guys listen. Beecher is just. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off of what they say because pretty much it's like you know my evaluations are pretty close to everybody else's. It's just what I see and what I read. It's just like so. It's just right there you know and um he's a big kid that's got really good speed and hands that is so weird to say because a lot of bigger players uh, of the 63 that that play that power forward they're just naturally just big they seem to be hindered on certain things when it comes to offensive ab- um uh, attributes mm-hmm. you know i fumbled that thank you but uh He's he's got it. These there's a lot of general managers that are saying right now that wow what a steal and but some people are saying what a reach. I believe he's um, going to be a great asset. Now one thing that Kalman and and were was saying on the skate pod earlier today was that he's he's kind of like below everybody else because the US, you know the USHL had a huge year for drafting. Mm-hmm. And so did Team USA. But um, those guys were so far ahead, and Beecher was like a third and fourth liner and so on, trying to still on the team, which had no knock against him where he was playing, but he's just not at that higher level where those number one picks were playing. So he wasn't like top six, you know. So, But you get him out of that role, and you see what's going on, unbelievable. Unfriggin' believable and... Um, not to overhype the kid, but there's a lot of potentials, huge upside. They had for him to be a, a power forward, and a really good thing that I really like hearing is he's is he's being um, transitioned to the right side. So he's not only a big center down the middle, but he also can play that right side, which kind of kind fills right into a certain timeline, if you know what I'm saying. Like not now, folks. This kid's going to college. He's committed to going to college. If he goes to camp, he cannot go to college. He loses his uh, his, his scholarship. So let the kid at least get a, a year of hockey in there uh, before the Bruins come in and swipe him, or maybe two, like they did with Trent Frederick and Danton Heinen, came in there and took those players right around that time. So uh, let's be patient on the kid. Well, but maybe let
0: him play all four years, get his college degree, and see what he looks like exact, when he's 22. But but
1: then but then so many people freak out about that, and they're like, but Jimmy VC. Jimmy Vesey was like... I'm going to be a Bruin for four years. I'm going to be a Bruin for four years while I'm at Harvard. and Blah, blah, Mm. blah, blah, blah. blah. And then it came out and just dumped all over the desk of the Nashville Predators. A piece of shit, in my opinion. Anyway. I just want more kids to go the traditional four-year route. Speaking of tradition, betting has been a tradition for the longest time. It's been around forever. Forever. And baseball season is in full swing. And placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with the great folks at BetOnline.ag. This weekend, I'm watching the Boston Red Sox for the New York Yankees. And guess what? Because you're a loyal listener of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS Media sports content, we are giving you an extra 50% added onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com backslash Bruins and use code CLNS50. This episode, added bonus is only for your first ever deposit and the best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds again support our black and gold hockey podcast by going to clnsmedia.com backslash Bruins and use code CLNS50 a minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus please see betonline's general rules for and for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses so back to the hockey talk we had a little malfunction as many of you know um, we were out in the Sun just a little too bit but I, I got a little burn on my leg but not as burned as the the recording equipment <laughs> The equipment shut down <laughs> it was early, like too hot guys <laughs> on an early Sunday morning, beautiful scenery high above Amesbury, Massachusetts, on Poe Hill, looking over the Merrimack valley. I was in so much fun, but we did a q and a questions um, a segment, sorry, with my friend Heather, and uh, we got about nine minutes of it and it, the Equipment got so hot it shut itself down, and we kept talking for at least forty five minutes yeah. afterwards. And then I realized that it was uh, it was not a, a no go. So we are back for this. Um, so what do you got? Uh, this all right. is all you. Well,
0: I know because I'm bored, and it's summertime, and there's not enough hockey on in the world. No offense, but like the World Juniors aren't going to do it for me and fill all the time I have in my life. You know. All the podcasts have shut down. There's a lot of things going on that's making me bored. So what happens when I'm bored? My crazy brain comes up with things. And my crazy brain decided to come up with a bunch of random questions to ask you. But we're going to do it fast, okay? It's almost like it's not an unofficial game, but the game is this. Over here I have... Forty-seven random questions. Do you know why there's forty-seven random questions over here, Mark? Because she's a
1: big Tori Krug fan girl.
0: I love him, but not just him. You make it sound like I'm a creepy old woman. I love him, just him and his wife and his baby. I'm just very happy for them. They're a cute little old couple. 50 percent so far. And my dad's from Michigan. My dad was from Michigan, so shout out Dale. Shout
1: out Dale. Up in
0: heaven. He's probably looking down, going, "What in the?" Is going on? <laughs> Big Red Wings fan. Oh yeah, Red Wings, but only when the playoffs start, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got you, Dad. I got you. No, I'm just kidding. I have tons of Red Wings. Not from my dad. Okay, so this is how it works. So because you didn't review the questions again, this ought to still be fun. So yep, rapid. So right now you can start. What are we going to do? We're going to go every other one. We don't have 47 questions over here. Do you want to do random question or kind of serious question? These kind. are all just random hockey kind of. Kind Questions. of serious question. Go ahead. Kind of serious
1: question. What is your favorite memory from the old Boston Garden? Definitely my dad bringing me for the first time. Um, opening the doors was like the pearly gates. It was just an amazing experience. And and, and to have him with me um, was even better. Because, you know, that's wh- that's where my hockey fandom really started was from him. and being a goalie and kind of... You know, you always do what your, your dad, you emulate your dad, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Growing up, and I wanted to be a goalie, and I turned into a goalie, just beer league. I didn't do anything pro, but um, if, if that moment, if those moments weren't around, I probably wouldn't be interested in hockey.
0: That's a
1: very nice memory. Shout out, Dad. Love you.
0: Hey, what's up? I love you too, Mox Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Mox Dad, Mox. <laughs> Oh, that's weird. That might be the first time that I've ever called your dad. Boy, yeah, his
1: first usually it's Mr. He's, Allred.
0: He's yelled at me and said to just call, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't care if I'm like a grown woman. You're My father a was a, was
1: a really good. Uh, he was a very teacher in the community around here. So if I was a lot one of the reasons know. I wanted to be a teacher, good. That's right. how good he was.
0: <laughs> he was a little bit of a hard ass, but he was awesome, knowledgeable. Yeah. But he was a hard-ass on you in a good way. Know Back I mean? in the like, day, teachers were like that, and they got yeah. results. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, Not
1: like today. Stop effing off. And Pus- calling the, you,
0: I think it's calling you on your bullshit.
1: The pussification of America is today's kids, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Do you know what my favorite time
0: at the old garden was? What's that? When I went to go to see Marty Brodor for the oh first my time. God, ah! We were like feet away from him and I wanted to just make out with a glass. I didn't because that'd be gross if you'd ever seen the old gardens glass, but it was right there. It was a great game. Like I said, It was just all around crazy. There was like hat tricks and people were throwing shoes on the ice and Cam nearly beating the shit out of Claude Lemieux. Yay. <laughs> that
2: was and great.
0: And everyone in the, like too many people in the penalty box at oh. once. Unbelievable. Marty got pulled for Chris Terreri. Why on earth? If Marty Vodar could be half dead, Marty you... got
1: pulled from that game. Yeah, in, and, I mean in thirty seconds Lemieux in, stage. right in front of us,
0: like Lemieux five rows. stage, which was even yeah. worse.
1: He was on the side of that whole shit.
0: Yeah, old Boston Garden Great and family. the ramps. Okay, so what's your favorite memory from the new Garden? Um, sorry for
1: breathing so heavy. I would definitely say Borky's All Star goal. That was one of my favorites. From I, I wasn't there. Are you talking about memories as at me being there? I would
0: prefer you being there. Um,
1: obviously, the first year. I did go to one game during the 96 opening year. That was a lot of fun. Um, and the second favorite memory, I think, was when Milan Lucic. And, and I'm not a huge Lucic fan, but what he did this night was like unbelievable. Beating the shit out of Mike Komisarek. Montreal Canadiens, that was unfriggin' believable. Wow, I haven't thought of that too in a while. And the and the Bruins beat the shit out of the Canadians like seven to something. I don't know what it was, but it was just a great night. I was with Courtney, um, and we got tickets, free tickets from the guys at work. Couldn't go. He's like, hey, I got a I got something to do this afternoon. He's like, do you want to go? I'm like, well, who are they playing? He goes Montreal. I was like, yeah. I didn't even question where they were seating. I was like, I, mean, I took the envelope and we're like, we like called Courtney. I like we're gone. We were there, so yeah, it was a great, seconds. great moment. Nice. All right, let's see what's over here, random. Oh uh, yeah, random question. Let's random
0: question. Ready? Some of these are. It's serious pretty cool. And you guys can't see this because we're
1: not doing the whole YouTube thing yet. But these, uh, the, the, they're little slips of paper.
0: It's great. It's like. Ghetto Jeopardy right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ah, These aren't trivia questions. Fucking
2: gold. go uh,
0: If you could poach one player from any other team in the NHL for the Bruins without taking a cap hit, who would it be? And I'm gonna cheat if you ask
1: me. I already have right now. Cases. I would definitely say Antony Anteoni P- 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 really? really? Yeah, I mean he's just a he's just that right winger that I believe the Bruins need. And alongside a player like Krejci, I think that would be. Outstanding, and Nebraska on the left side. Oh my god, I'd poach that all day long. It's unfortunate it didn't happen because we didn't have the cap space or anything to work with. So, yeah, I would poach it from the Rangers. I'm not against Anthony Panarin. I just don't want to think my face was
0: indicating that. Like he's not a bad choice.
1: So who's who would who would you? Agree? I don't
0: know. I kind of want to adopt Mitch Marner because he might need a home. I like home. Mitch. I like Mitch. I love him, and I just think he's a very well-rounded player for someone so young.
1: Who do you think is a I'd better player? I'd borrow him. Do you think who, who do you think is a better player? Is it Matthews or Moner?
0: I can't answer this because that may or may not be one of these random questions. So okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think Moner is a, a better all-around player, but I think that Matthews is still the blockbuster superstar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, but, I get it. I don't know, that just could be a personality thing, too. But I don't think, what I do like is that I don't, I think it's a healthy competition for them in Toronto, and they are teammates first, which is good, because when you have two young guys that are as good as what they do yeah. at their job. That's something you build on. very easily, right, become a competing thing. And I'm glad to see it's, like, healthy. Like, I mean, you watch their little iPhone commercial; it's like you want to laugh, because you know, like, they're, I mean, what do you want to do? None of them can drink yet. They all can no. hang out with each other, playing Fortnite or whatever they do. Okay, another random question. Ready? Yeah, that's my question. What's this? Whose loss on the current roster would be felt the most by the team? Marshan. Okay, I would say Bergie. I feel like every time he's out, like the team is like a whole entire different team.
1: Yeah, no, I know. Oh.
0: This isn't a yes or no answer, just no, like I, know, I said, these I know. are quick answers. We're going to go through... Are you talking about the Stanley Cup final? No, I'm just talking generally.
1: Oh, generally. I just mean like if generally. Like, out, I, I like
0: Mashi, but like if you yeah. like lost somebody off of our roster, because our roster is pretty much the same as it was. We
1: have so much depth. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. Like, like I I wasn't a big fan of Nash, but he could like really fill in that mm-hmm. role really good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, who are your favorite Bruins players growing up? Definitely Bork. Yeah, everybody'll say Bork, he's our Bobby Orth that's our monster. And as and as a goaltender growing up, I, I was um my younger years were the ones that I really paid attention to and watched a lot of video of was, was Pete Peters back in the day because he was just an unreal, unreal player and that run he went on for the Bruins was just amazing. I love Craig Janney.
0: Yeah, I know. You know I'm saying Jeez, that such a... You know, he, like I said, I don't necessarily think of him in a Bruins uniform, but I remember he had great Bruins.
1: He, so. remi- he reminded
0: me of like Adam Oates, just the way he passed, yeah. man. Just those crisp passes. If you don't love Adam Oates, there's something wrong with you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Uh, what two Bruins players have defined the 21st century Bruins? So 2,000 to the present players that maybe have... Bergeron. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and and since coming from Ottawa, I I have to say, and with a decent resume along with that, and I'm not a huge fan of him, but he's done so much for this this team, and that's Zidane Chara. You know, it's just he just he stabilized this freaking defense. He grew with it, went through the growing pains, believed in the in the mission that was. Told to him to preach down to the players coming in and and alongside on the bench, so uh, I do have to give credit for that. I really do. I say
0: P.J. Stock and Sean Thornton because they're like the first generation of like not just goon tough guys, right? But they also were part of our identity crisis. We always talk about like what is. How does big bad Bruins mean not just like being begging, being able to beat the shit out of people, which you and I prefer, not in a dangerous way, but sometimes it's nice to see people have it out, like gentlemen. <laughs> and uh, also, I just love PJ Stock, and I wanted to talk about
1: him for a second. So. Well, he follows me on Twitter off to ask for an interview. Tell him that I said, hey. Well, if I interview him. him, you can tell him it's all low yourself. Okay, maybe we'll talk about that. Okay, which
0: Bruins player besides Bobby Orr, because that is too easy from the past that you didn't get to see, could be someone long past, could be just like before our lifetimes, who would you want to have seen? What Bruins, great. I would... Or any Bruin, I don't know. You might Knowing you, you might d- know some obscure guy that played on the third line in
1: 1929. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't geek out that bad. But I, as a goaltender, I do geek, geek out on all that stuff. Um, but I would really... Would have loved to seen how Frank Brismick, the goaltender, Mister Zero, number one back in the day. I, I would love to see that. Just with the minimal amount of padding that those guys had, no mask. I that that's just that. I would love to see that. If I go back in time, I'd do that in a heartbeat. I like Milt Schmidt and the Kraut
0: line. Yeah, I, I know, remember. politically correct, don't scream at me. That's what they were called in their time. Back yeah. then, you were allowed you know, to say things like that, and no one got offended about it.
1: Uncle Milty, God, rest of his soul, man, was just... They were like that Bos- was a true brood.
0: Yeah, Boston's original perfection line. Yeah. Oh, I know, yeah. I just had to say it, because I know you're sick of hearing perfection lines, so I had to say it, but they really were. like. I mean, they, even in their time, were known as, like, watch out, here comes this line, and yep. that says a lot. All right, so... We're going to just grab this random thing right random. here. What is this? Random. How did you as a fan personally contribute to the Bruins' loss in the Stanley Cup final? It's uh, all our fault. The boys have all taken their
1: responsibility. What did you do or not do? All right, real quick. I, for this, uh, I did not know that the Bruins were going to be going to the Stanley Cup. But I did buy the Stanley Cup beer mugs. And, yes, the first game, um, the Bruins won. We were a little excited. The second game, we broke them out and drank beers out of them, and they lost. And we didn't go back ever again for the series. So, I think that those should have been waited on for the ultimate celebration instead of Big, you know, the beginning of of the series because you don't really know what's going on. So if my suspicion was to be kicked in the ass, I think um, I wouldn't have drank out of that. I think I would have waited. I actually thought that the Bruins had it in the bag just because of St. Louis and how much they've been drugged through their playoff extension, you know. But kudos to them. They were the better team. They're the ones that... That were pretty much the the Vancouver Canucks of of 2011. Only going, they won. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> these guys won, and they and they put that game right back in the Bruins' face. So
0: you may um, have had this round St. Louis, but we'll be back at yeah. some point. We'll be back in the playoffs. I'm not sure if we'll ever see them again. Not by the path we the Maybe we've had. Maybe not them. Who knows? Okay, random, because these are fun. Oh, I'm sorry, I fucked up the socks, and I accidentally wore my Stanley Cup 2011 socks. I have a weird sock thing for people who obviously don't know, because you yes. don't know these things. Very many, many strange fan things about me, but that's one of them. And also, I was super optimistic all day long, and I am not optimistic. I should have known that was wrong. What Montreal Canadian from your lifetime have you secretly loved but couldn't say out loud, because that's sacrilege and
1: dirty? Oh, I oh. know mine all day long, all day oh, long. Wow. Um. <laughs> Jesus, this is a good one. I'm gonna pick two. <laughs> okay, go. Patrick Wah, because that guy was a freaking amazing. I know everybody hates the Montreal Canadiens and blah blah blah, but when a you step a- <laughs> when you step away from the the rivalry of that those two original franchises, and you see that style of game, the aggressiveness that he played with. The limited amount of padding that they had back then. I mean, in the 80s, I mean, they had it was sufficient. I'm actually surprised that a lot of goaltenders didn't get their freaking separated shoulders. Die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, how aggressive he came out to stop a, a slop shot, um, the way he can control a game by just making one save, his reactions. Uh, it's just, he revolutionized the game, in my opinion, you know what I mean? And, and, that something to be said and uh, but on the other side God I hope I'm getting this right but I really like John leclaire hmm. I and I and this is why I want to make sure I get it right because I thought he was a really good power forward on the right side and I hope I'm right because I think he I don't know, for some unknown reason I hope he's not a left-handed shot but anyway, I mean, he went to Philly Google, and so on, and, you know, on, I know, and, that, you know <laughs> yeah. Like so, no, I I thought that he was a good one, and he was one that always got in the face of uh, the Bruins and so on, so,
0: yeah. Whenever I think of Patrick Hawaii, I think about him like gay. I don't know the statistics. Please don't, like, Google it if you want to know. I don't know the exact year, but... We were playing Montreal in the first round and he came down with appendicitis and he played like game four and then got his appendix out on the game the day off in between and then played the next game. And I thought, this guy's like Dr. Frankenstein's yeah. monster. He's such a beast because, uh, although he's not a very warm and fuzzy person, he is... I love a him as a
1: player, but he's a fucking drama. Yeah, who
0: mine is? Max Pacioretty. Oh. I love that dude. I love him. I'm not going to lie. I... Screw Shatner, like, in people like that. No, because I just love him. He's a Bruins killer, like, every time, all day long. That so kid what's has Thomas that I don't, what? So what's Thomas Vanek? I know, but Max Patch already, I like
1: that. Because he's you, it, He's oh, more all around,
0: I don't know, he's just more all around. Just because
1: like because is a U.S. kid and Vannick's a freaking German. Maybe. Or Swiss. So I don't know which one. I don't know either. No, Vanek is German, isn't he? He is, but he wasn't over there very long.
0: He spent the majority was, of his time he, over here. Yeah, he... Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Um, what's this? Let's see. What... All right, this is just like a general one. So right now, besides the block, Black and Gold Hockey Pod, which you probably don't listen to because you listen to yourself recorded... All right. Name People just some... Me and I'm going to give animals. you 30 seconds. Just name some random podcasts that are like the podcast... They could be media, they could be fan ones, they could be in-market, they could be out-of-market. Just right now, give me five podcasts that you, in the hockey world, doesn't. I, you might listen to other podcasts like me. Five, that are like the five when there's a new episode, you're like, yeah, time is
1: on, go. The Skate Pod with Calman and uh, Ken Laird. Um, um, oh, Steve Dangle. Yeah. Love the I love him Adam and uh, Jesse those guys do a great and they're a Toronto Maple Leafs but uh, yeah um, wow this is a tough one is it yeah it is because uh, I have so many good ones well I won't say oh spitting third quick man, quick, man in everybody third man that. in hey, yeah, third stop man stop man. talking when I'm talking Sorry. just kidding um, third man in podcast he's <laughs> <I'm> making faces <laughs> third man in podcast with uh, my friend Mike Terry Ryan and um, I cannot, I can't remember this I guy's I put you on name. the spot, that's not your fault. Uh, I
0: haven't listened to it enough to remember their names. Yeah, but it's a, it's
1: a great podcast. Those guys yep. are great. Um, oh, um, Brad Broad, Bradstreet. Street, <laughs> Bradstreet. <published. laughs> oh my Brad god, terrible. um terrible. Street Hockey Radio Podcast. Those guys do a fantastic show. Um... And anything with uh, Jeff Merrick and uh, Elliot Friedman. That's I mean I'm yeah. missing so many. Uh, I just have a lot of a lo- I'm, I'm a huge fan of a lot of shows. So I literally get
0: excited when Doctor Hockey's the new podcast. Cause nice. I love them. I love the crazy girls on for puck's sake. They uh, like <laughs> ra- They yeah. just crack me up. It's like two and a half hours if you're never quite sure where they're going, but they'll always be solid hockey talk. When it is going to solid hockey I like Saucy onto. Rockets. Yeah, and saucy, saucy there and one like there. Unfiltered with Matt Barnaby. I oh, love that! I just, like I some, like like the player pods like I that. I sent like. Barnaby
1: a message and oh, said, you "Hey, you hey, know this is amazing." Yeah. And by the way, the way you mess with your mother absolutely <laughs> cracks me up because Barnaby would would like crank call his mother and say he's a police, pizza he's a delivery guy, and um yeah and and just have this hey i have like eight pizzas and i'm um i'm coming to your house i need your credit card number and she's just like i didn't order a pizza i'm not even at home and she was like vacationing somewhere it was just great man those it's just a great pod so there's
0: tons of really awesome podcasts there are there are please support your local podcasts (laughs) Do what I do, just randomly every now and then Google hockey Podcast. Like that's how I think I told you about Matt Barnaby's. It right. had just yep. started; it was like two yep. episodes in. I was like, "He's got he's a, got a podcast, awesome. yeah, buddy." Also, Barnes I don't awesome. mind John Scott's too. Oh, oh, so by good.
1: the way, for for the local Bruins, uh, you, you cannot go wrong with um, the Bruins uh, beat with Evan Marinowski. Oh yes, absolutely. He does a fantastic program. CLNS Media's Bruins uh, beat.
0: Well, you got you, this show, Bruins Beat, and Skate Pod, I thought were just implied because those are like the three. Yeah. Like local. Nice. Not Absolutely. non like major media yep. produced necessarily. Go to's. Like,
1: Go to's. They
0: don't get as much necessarily love as, well, hockey doesn't generally. It's astounding. How about. Name a couple of your favorite hockey docs, or it could be a hockey movie. So a hockey documentary or a movie. Oh, What's your favorite kind of... I
1: am Just a, a couple.
0: They can, they can be totally, like, just... You know why totally. I
1: liked Ice Guardian?
0: Really?
1: Yeah, it's the oh, fighter's okay. role, and everybody thinks that I don't like fighting and so on. I am just a person that goes along with the league. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with what the league says, but I'm not going to be that type of guy that goes in, go out on social media and make us think about it all the time. So... But I liked Ice Guardians, because those guys... You know, there's a lot of freaking players like, like Terry Ryan on the Third Man In podcast that had really good skill. They played, they got 50, 60 goals, 80, 90 points in the queue and so on and, and other areas of the uh, of, um, of developmental hockey back in the day. And uh, we're kind of told that you're not going to make it on scoring goals. You'll make it on kicking ass. And... Obviously, players like that that already have that drive and that competitive edge are are gonna do whatever it takes to get to the show, and and unfortunately, it came at a price for a lot of people. Um, But I like programs like that because it does um, give you it it gives the uh, play people that don't have never gotten to that level. What it's like to be like that and 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 deal with those issues, so mental health is a uh, it it's tough for everybody and and i'm a I'm a huge supporter and I'm, I'm a huge supporter of people that advocate for it yeah so. oh no it's i'm glad- it's
0: good that people finally are really truly shedding light and not just like shedding light but like you can talk about it all day long but yep. until you yep. talk to people who have been affected by or what the effects can be you know like be we're at a stage where you can be preventative of what, you know, happened and yeah, the so equipment's so better. Just, there's a whole lot of um, things have changed and the mentality has changed towards kind of training. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where it's like, no matter, like your arm could be hanging off. They're like, here's a shot, get out there and do whatever even though exactly. you're not even alive. So that's good. What's something fun that you like? Like I, like I thought Goon was hilarious with...
1: Okay. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the, um, the comedy. You don't comedy like movies. Not no, even I'm, Mystery Alaska. I did like Mystery Alaska, but it just became a little, you know, like the beginning yeah. when it was like pawn hockey and so on. That was kind of cool, but when it transitioned to like the New York Rangers coming. Yeah. Uh, that was when it was like. Well, yeah, eh. but those kind of movies are supposed no, to. be... No, I know, but I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm. Do you love the Mighty
0: Ducks or hate that movie?
1: I hate it. You I do? was not a fan when I was a kid. Yeah. It was just, it was just too comedy. I, I like movies like I'm very vanilla when it comes to movies. I like uh, stuff that actually <laughs> happened. You know what I mean? I don't like superheroes. I don't like. Yeah. You well, know? I mean, there's a lot of different things.
0: So you don't like to suspend disbelief
1: for a little bit and just have fun? Not really. You're more serious. Yeah, I, I'm. The more things that actually happened, like you know, nineteen eighty U.S. Olympic hockey. Gold well, I was medal. just
0: going to bring that up because I'd rather watch HBO's Miracle on Ice documentary than. Yeah. No oh, offense, yeah. and I love Kurt Russell. And all See, I like, stuff like I that.
1: like the original with, uh, and I don't remember the dude's name. He had a big nose. Yeah. I don't. I wish I remember I his name. He was like, a very really very like, big okay. actor back in the day.
0: But if it's made up, I don't no, mind fair. it being like a movie movie. That's what the whole point of being a movie movie is. Um, I still have not got to get the Russian five. I'm
1: sorry. Oh yeah. Can
0: someone if anybody has a copy of the Russian five
1: out there, <laughs> could you just Email it to uh Heather.
0: email it to me. Email the Russian five through email.
1: No, Another movie that I really love was yeah. Networth. Net worth was um yeah, was one of my favorites, um when it comes down to um, owners taking advantage of players for money and so on and, and the whole um shenanigans that were going on with the boxing and hockey world back in the day because they were so, that's what built the gardens, mm-hmm. that's what built Chicago Stadium, that's what built um, uh, Boston Garden, they were very Toronto Maple Leafs, they were, yeah, I mean, the boxing world was like, was like the Wall Street back in the day, you know what I mean? You follow them and you, you had a great trail to money and you were very dirty about it and people are in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, which is the highest honor of hockey, and their 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 names are Jack Adams and and stuff like that, and, and I I could go on and on. That's a whole another show, but well, I mean that's a great movie by the way. Net worth, it's an older movie. People, you know, the kids today might not like it because they're not wearing the bowers and the uh, and the you know the, the 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 high price freaking composite sticks, but it, it tells a true story of your history in this sport and. Um, and, and how people got taken advantage of. Like Gordie Howe. Um, you know, Gordie Howe played more than 50 years in the NHL, something like that. And, um, you know, in 1990-something, finally got awarded, along with him and another p- a bunch of players, like 30-some-odd million dollars, because they o- were owed back money. Yeah. Because they got taken advantage of. But I'm sorry for ranting on my Wow, movies, but... you're making my fun segment turn on. No, no, I'm I sorry. Agree
0: with you. I think it's good for people to learn history about things. But I also think it's fun to just... No, I get it. Like relax and have fun. All right, how about something a little more upbeat then? Who's your favorite goalies from the '80s and '90s? So, like, being a kid or when you were a teenager-ish.
1: I mean, were we even teenagers in the '90s? Oh, I want to say um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Pete Peters again. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite goalie in the back in the day, and just the the way he played for the Bruins that one year was just amazing. And and him coming from I believe the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, yeah, that, yeah, he's one of the, the, other goaltender, this was a tough one for me, but I'm going to say, uh, I don't know, like, Andy Moog. was I even a teenager for that? No, I'll just say you Brian are, and
0: Andy, we were probably, when he got traded to Dallas, we were probably still like in high school, right? Cause when uh, I, was a, I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm just trying to put it in perspective. Cause they, well, what I graduated in like,
1: 94, so. Right, but
0: I'm thinking, wasn't it like 91 or 92 when the, they became the Dallas oh, Stars? No, because we got rid of Moog, and then next so. thing I know, Moog was in Dallas, and I was like, how can they do this to him? How can yeah. Dallas have a hockey team? This is the worst thing that could ever happen.
1: Maybe I'm, then, just, I'm just picking 80s the 90s, whatever. You know who I thought
0: you'd say your favorite goaltender was? She's a... Little number that played for the Tampa Bay Lightning
1: for a few. years. Oh remember. man, on real? Yeah. Oh um, <laughs> no. You love. Realistic. <laughs> See. I'm Even though I don't. Oh, I, I definitely do. I mean, she was. She was definitely a. Uh, a poster on my wall. That's for yeah. sure. Well,
0: she definitely was awesome enough to get noticed enough that I oh, yeah. mean, like, and granted, Tampa Bay. What the f did they have to lose at that time? Since they were a brand new franchise and they could do whatever you if know. I'm, what I mean? If I'm not they mistaken, it, was
1: it her me? daughter? I mean, I'm sorry. Her son plays for the University of Notre Dame, and he's good. He might. He's good. I know her it's, kids not, it's not that name, so I know, yeah.
0: No, she. I heard she was on a podcast that I listened to a little bit ago, one of them, I don't know. They all blend together. I listen to so many, but I think she, her kids, though, play high level. I know that. Um, all right. Well, you know I love Marty, but hey there's, there's so many good people, though, from the 80s and 90s, like the height of... Goaltending for a little bit there. The Golden Age, no offense to anyone today, because they're great. Um, let's see. Okay. What Bruins should be up in the rafters of the garden, but
1: isn't? Um. Oh god. This is tough. Because I only have like Bergeron and Chara in my head right now, and they're still playing. Um oh. It all depends on what you really want. The criteria is so vague. It really is.
0: Uh, I don't think there really is any cri- like had. This was the issue when Ricky Middleton went up last year. I was like, who the are you to decide who the organization gets to put up in their Hall of Fame? It's not like they let everybody vote. It's like the organization makes a conscious decision. I'm sure people are lobbied and whatever else. But I don't yeah. see anyone yet hanging in that rafters that isn't a career brewing or isn't someone that... Has spanned decades. If you're coming
1: from the heart, I would love to see Norman Le- Lovely A. Yeah. But if you're coming from a statistical. Uh, sti- I can't even say it. Statistical. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that he'd be, he'd be way low on the list, so.
0: I think if it's your hometown kind of Hall of Fame thing, retirement, it doesn't. It, That's the a tough criteria one. really is That's like open. One that it could be. Okay, Sorry. Jesus, I've been failure
1: on that one. I say, Mike. Well, listen, better. I've already had like a Jack Honey and a. Yeah, you yeah. so. have. It took
0: a while to get some things down. <laughs>
1: first, got here. Um, We've been in the studio. We're gonna so do a long.
0: couple of random ones. this is getting too serious for his brain. So I'm gonna perk it up with. Do you have any favorite hockey commercials from over the years? I could give you a list. Any of
1: the latest NHL ones with Bergeron and his gold, don't ever do that again. That was terrible. How about... Oh, uh, the World Cup. The World Cup. Remember the World Cup commercials? Yeah. Oh, those are terrible. Don't How about, ever do that again. No, I'm not
0: worried about that. What I'm talking about is like the uh, insurance commercial that's like, it's a walrus. <laughs> that's no, ridiculous. That's
1: dumb. that's dumb.
0: No one I always remember is like, remember when ESPN used to like hockey And there was ESPN too, that was basically created for hockey. Yes. And they used to have the bobbleheads. So it'd be like whatever Wednesday night hockey. And then it'd be like, then there were four. And they'd like push the. They did it with baseball too, with the bobbleheads would go off or whatever.
1: Mine's the Nike commercial with the goalie. Oh my
0: God. Your mama's so ugly. Theory name Halloween. Your mama was Ryan Miller. Yeah, I love Halloween
1: too. Yeah, was it? It was like (laughs) him and this stuff. One of them was the uh, cab driver. He was a Montreal Canadiens goalie. Uh. And.
0: I don't think like that he, I was thinking of the one with like the I will back, show you. When they're in like the you. back room and it's like they have having a Your Mama So Ugly commercial. Nah, I have no Speaking idea. of that though, remember the old like I hate you, Matt Sandine. I that's hate you make police. Yeah, but that's not a that's not a cab drivers driving the Zamboni. No, there's a bunch of different ones. Okay. You're taking one from nineteen ninety, like I'm supposed no, to remember. i
1: do you know what YouTube is? I do, but okay, I don't Okay, Check really, it just out YouTube more often things. because there's, there's 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 like the Nike commercials. Yeah. There were, like, so many of them. They had a Bruins goalie. They had a Philly Well, I'm sure that there was a Philly goalie of them, but that was not
0: the one that was showed a lot around here. What are you talking
1: All right, anyway.
0: Are you no, legit no. starting a fight with me over hockey commercials? No, I'm starting a fight with you because you don't utilize YouTube. I don't utilize YouTube because I don't feel I need to support all of Google all right. and whatever <laughs> social media and their crap all the time. Because some of us, maybe...
2: Some of
0: us, Maybe some of us are too busy coming up with witty hockey questions. Some of us have other things going. <laughs> You're a little bitch. Just I know. Kidding. This is <laughs> the point in the podcast in which Mark and I start fighting. We're going to take a break in a couple minutes, but what piece of brewing stuff, whatever it is, I don't care, that wall hang over there, uh, your favorite jersey, whatever it is, what piece of like brewing stuff you have would you never give up?
1: Um... All my autographs I guess yeah yeah anything that's autographed I can't get rid of
0: I would say my scarf my regular season scarf that shit I literally wear a third of this year yeah there, <laughs> and it smells cuz I don't clean it except it's for hot. Once a year yeah, I wear it. It's like June. It's like eighty degrees. I still have it. Well, not June because I switch out in April for the playoffs. Like a dude in talkie
1: life. bag, man. Uh, yeah,
0: it is. It is kind of like when I take it because I won't wash it till
1: right before the next
0: season. So then it's been sitting for five months, and I'm like, "What is stale cigarette? Uh, uh, what does that smell?"
1: I can't even. So are we. Oh, oh, do you want to take a break or do you want? Yeah, no,
0: that's fine. If you want to take a break, I was gonna say also my mini cup. Thank you, kids at North Shore Tech when I was your teacher. That nice. the day after we won the cup, had a mini cup on my desk, milled in their own with their own hands. It made it special. All right, fine. Let's take
1: a break. I right, we we'll take a quick break. We we'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a ninety percent rate. Nick Bukestead.
0: Wow, what a
1: goal! David Backus. Goal! And Zach Parisi were stars
2: on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at college hockey.
1: Champions of the college hockey world! And we are back uh, from our little break, uh, but we're going to do a little thing, something different. Um, we The questions got a, it's a little too long, uh, so we're going to just save those for a, a later episode, future episode. So uh, at this time, I'm going to uh, add in the Craig Eagles uh, interview. Uh, he's a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League scout. And also a color analyst for Rogers TV in the New Brunswick area of Canada in the Maritimes. So we'll just go right into that. So here's Craig Eagle. Here's my interview with Craig Eagles. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. And and for those who are on YouTube for the first time, I have a a guest on our YouTube channel. Very excited about this. Uh, His name is Craig Eagles, and he is the color analyst for Rogers TV New Brunswick. He's also a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League scout for the Canadian Maritime Region. You can follow him on Twitter, at, at Eags37. That's E-A-G-S-3-7. Can't go wrong with the Patrice Bergeron number. Craig Eagles, <laughs> welcome back,
2: my friend. How's it going? Uh, it's great to be back, Mark. And uh, thanks again for, for having me on. You guys are doing some amazing things uh, down there, and uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to come on.
1: Awesome. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we're, we're starting to get everything more involved in the interviews. We're doing a lot of revamping, uh, a lot of moving parts around, but we're about trying to get it all together uh, uh, during the off season and be ready by September 1st because, um, as you know, September is a big month for Canadian uh, Hockey League um, uh, leagues and players. So um, – First, I just wanted to say uh, I, I thank you again for, for your time today. And I know you're not feeling well. Took a little nap, but it's all good.
2: <laughs> but um, uh, I was born ready, Mark. I'm born ready.
1: That's why I love your determination. That's why you're a trooper. Um, but I, I wanted to have you on to talk about um, what's going on with, concerning Bruins prospects of uh, yesterday and, and the new ones that are coming through the queue, especially in your area. But uh, I, I really wanted to just, just to talk um, about Cedric Paré because we both we both had high expectations for Cedric and um, things didn't work out with him in Boston. Uh, and I don't want to get into details because I, I personally don't know and don't want to speculate, but uh, you spent a lot of time with him uh, in uh, the St. John Sea Dogs for a better part of three seasons. I know he only played in the 2015-16 Uh, campaign. He only played five games, but uh, the next two seasons, uh, you know, he was 64 and 60, but you spent a little bit of time with him. Um, What do you, what do you think about his future and where could he go?
2: Well, let me be the first to, to, I had him projected to be a, you know, I I thought he'd be a a solid pro and, and, you know, we've, we've been on and we've been talking about Cedric uh, quite a bit. I just—it's unfortunate that things didn't work out, and you know, being a 6 round draft pick, I think um, there's there's a bit of projection there, and 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 and, and in the scouting world um, here in New Brunswick, I'm scouting the top fifteen-year-olds in the province in Atlantic Canada and in the Maritimes for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So we really we my scouting why i have to project them at 19 and um what type of player are they going to be in the league at 19 and i think seeing cedric progress like he did and then i really thought he would have a better um year with Ramuski. and i think the the games the game that i saw him and and talked to him after he, he just there was a little bit of consistency there in a feeling out process with a new coach, but I, I really, it, it's, it's hard to say, is it foot speed? Is it puck skills? But I, I still believe that, um, he's, he's going to play professionally. I just don't know where right now because, um, when, when the signing period passed, I didn't want to reach out to the player, um, you know, you can well imagine how disappointing that is for uh, for the player and, and, and his family. D- don't take anything away. This this kid worked extremely, extremely hard to get to that point where he is uh, in his career, and it just didn't work out. And um, it, there was a little when after his second year in St. John, the team released that he was going to Providence. I reached out to the player and he said, well, it's a maybe. I said, well, okay, the team just released it. that you're going down. And he's like, well, it's still in the works. It's a maybe. So I wrote the article anyway, Providence bound, and, um, it just didn't work out. And yeah. you see those things, um, a lot in hockey and, and, you know, I'd be the first one to, to say, maybe I projected, uh, incorrectly. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Right. Every- makes mistakes but there's some there's some aspect there when uh when the bruins didn't sign him and um I was very fortunate um to uh to interview don sweeney um during a broadcast and we talked about uh cedric uh briefly and uh, and jacob and uh don like he always does handled it professionally um and that was uh, just as the, the trade period and the trade deadline was uh, approaching. So they were about a week and a half away from trade de- NHL trade deadline. So uh, I had to ask the question. I said, well, well Don, uh, what areas and, and where are you going to – any deals that you can report to us right now? And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, um, well, nothing that I'm willing to share. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I think – I think he's going to have, a, and he's part of the plan in Rimouski right now. As a twenty-year-old, um, they're going places this year. They're going to load up and try to run, uh, make a run for the President Cup and the Memorial Cup with uh, Lafreniere. This is this is their big year. So um, expect big things. And, and listen, Mer Cedric had a career year last year.
1: Yeah, he had uh, he had forty-nine points in sixty-eight games. At seventeen goals, thirty-two assists. And by far his best uh, year in the queue. Um, but and I thought after that season, and and what little playoffs he he did he did play uh, when he got five points in thirteen games, I thought that he was going to get a, a better look at it with the Bruins. But unfortunately, the the qualifying office didn't go out, uh, right. and a, along with Daniel Bukash too, uh, unfortunate. But I mean these things happen. But one of the things that I wanted to to basically really touch on this topic. Was there's a lot of people, a lot of Bruins fans, not all of them, but there's some of them that are, are, are intelligent enough in the prospect world to, to kind of go and call out scouting. Now, I am not like that. I mean, when you scout and you draft, it's such a gamble. So if a, if a player doesn't sign with the team or things don't work out between the player and uh, the team and the player, you can't go back. And and a, and a, and a scout like Alan Bissonette, I'm sure that he's he was the uh, in the area, cannot be to blame for this. He's, he saw something at that time, but in the future things just didn't work out. So,
2: Well, I, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. I'm glad you, you mentioned uh, Alain. Um, I try to pick his brain a lot, and he's a good man, and he's a hard worker, and I don't think you can blame the scouts. And I know, oh, wait, you know, it's their job and all this stuff. Well, they're projecting as well. And you, you cannot fault the player in this case for not working hard. Right. Because he did. And things just didn't work out. And you, you see that, um, you know, over the years. And really hoping that um, Cedric picks up on a, on another, you know, organization. and. and and flourishes, but I think he's got, um, you know, some, some years uh, ahead in pro hockey. Yeah. I mean,
1: and, and from our experience and I've, I've watched tons of his games, not every one of them, but I, I, I do my due diligence and I grab a handful of games here and there and I watch, but I saw a big difference in him because he got a higher role when Joe Valeno was traded and yeah. obviously, you know, and then he went too. but um you know, when Milano was gone and, and the big name is out of the picture, he went up basically from a, a, a bottom tier to a top tier if he can roll and, and expectations, and, and I thought he did really well.
2: I, I, I thought I did. he did. Yeah, I thought he did well uh, as well, American. The big thing with, with Cedric, um, he's not going to be a big, big point getter. And, you know, he increased his point totals significantly, Uh, in Rimouski, but I, I, again, I I really think that he's going to have a big year for that hockey club and and Serge Beausoleil um, behind the bench. uh, He, he's in the dual role in in Rimouski. And uh, again, from my source uh, close to the team and close to the organization in Rimouski, Cedric is part of their plan. So to be an overager on, on, on a club like that and left is going to be gone. Yeah or, you yeah, know, 20 draft. Games, right. And it's his draft year. So there's going to be a lot of attention. So really the, the big thing there is, um, you know, for Cedric is playing that, that two way role that we're, we were accustomed to see. And, and that's big. So again, hopefully he can, he can land and, and, uh, flourish with another organization.
1: How about old friend Jakubz Borough? and uh, and his um uh, your thoughts on his last year his entry level deal? Uh, he's got two NHL games under his belt, more or less um uh, coverage games, and uh, uh, let's see what you can do. Games I thought I in his two games I thought he did okay, nothing you know outstanding, but but his role in the middle and in, in the minor pro depth I think has has been outstanding. I think he's been everything that. The organization would like to see in a, in a player like that, a blue liner. Um, and I like what I see when he works with newer players to the Providence Bruins and uh, that leadership role. So um, where do you think he, he fits in? And, and, and you're a huge Boston Bruins fan which know, who knows the roster pretty well. Um, and you see the contracts that are already on the books uh, from catfriendly.com. Where do you see Zboro fitting into any future plans with the Boston Bruins in the NHL?
2: That's a great question, Mark. Um, I think right now, Jakob has to have a very good year here in his, in his contract year, really. Um, I think he has to stay healthy. We, we still haven't seen um, the best from, from Jakob. I know he's a 13th overall draft pick. I know there's tons of pressure. I know that the fan base had, had, you know, where there's pressure there to perform. And the fan base really were very critical of of those those draft picks. I think you're seeing progression in his all-around game. And to see where he's come from, to where he is now is, you know, I, I know the point totals, again, forget about the point totals. This guy is going to be a, hopefully an Andrew Ference type defenseman at the next level. Good comparison. And right now, and and can he play both, both sides? I think he can. And, you know, I, I think he can play the right side at, at the next level. Um, he can play a strong side very well. It's just, it's a less is more approach. And and some people are just going to say, well, what do you mean by that? He's, but, well, it's a less is more. And it's always been that way for Yaka. Okay. When he simplifies his game and concentrates on making that first pass, he's very effective. And then he, he, he lets his instincts take over. His instinct to jump into the play. He's got a, a pro shot. and And I think you've seen that so far with his, with his time in Providence. Is he going to get a, uh, more games at the NHL level? Well, we'll wait and see. And, and I think that it's going to be a trickle-down effect. Like, um, they've got to get Carlo signed, and they've got to get McAvoy signed. Yeah. And hopefully they sign um, – I, I can't see them signing uh, McAvoy to a bridge contract. I think you're going to see – Carlo get a bridge and Mac McAvoy is going to get the the, the term. I, I don't know, but I think that's really dependent upon, um, you know, their contracts going first and then Yaka um, hopefully getting more games at, at the NHL level. And Hey, let's hope in a, in a, in a real good world, everyone stays healthy and, and he, he he's really going to earn his, his, uh his, is placed there, so and it's not easy either. Like they, you look at other defensemen, you know, taken in the in the uh, you know top fifteen in, in the NHL draft, entering their third season, of the, you know, in pro. Yeah, they're probably already playing at the NHL level. but, yeah. but in Boston, with, with the depth that they had, and with the the development of McAvoy and of uh, Carlo it's, it's going to be tough. And he is like, you, you hit the nail on the head. He's, he's going to be a depth type player. Um, I still think he can be a five, six guy and a very effective guy, um, you know, sooner than later um, at that, at that level.
1: Yeah. With the additions of your whole and nine and so on, it's just, and, and his hype, it just seems that a lot of people are, are overpassing Zaborro and his efforts um, thus far. Um, I just think that a lot of the narrative just comes from people that just don't pay enough attention to like we do to these, to these types of players. I think it's very stat driven. Um, But when you, when you do talk about stats and you do have a little bit of the eye test, I could definitely tell that um, in St. John's in his first season, he was a very offensive defenseman, but on the second year, it was like a step step back from the offensive defense. And, and I, I want to work on being a shutdown guy. It wasn't just because he was a lack of points. I think that he was trying to be different players. And, and in development, and I'm, I'm not any development specialist or anything like that, but it just seems like when you when you play certain types and then you step back, you're learning the overall game.
2: Yeah. Pa- Paul Boutelier was uh, very, very good for his development. Um, Boots really worked hard with, with that decor. And, um, and, and Jakob, you know, I think after, after the, the draft year and, and people have to realize that import players in the CHL struggle, they struggle and it's a big adaptation for them and a big adjustment for them to make. And, and I think you saw the progression in, in uh, Jakob, and, um, his willingness to play both sides, um, and his willingness to be a two-way guy. And really, if you look at it, uh, my eye test is, is he, is he disciplined? right? Is he disciplined? Is he not taking those t- those types of, of penalties? Mm-hmm. And I think um, he's really settled into his role, and um, when they went on their president Cup run. Um, that was big, really big for his confidence. I thought he had a great playoff and a very, very um, solid year in St. John. And then, you know, going in, into Providence, I think he's he's done well. But like I said earlier, he needs to stay healthy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you talk about Providence and stats, we're, we're going to go on the stats right now. But um, in both years in Providence, and I find this is, this is amazing. This has got to be a mistake somehow. But in both years in Providence, uh, he's got four goals, fifteen assists, nineteen points, and even the penalty minutes are the same at thirty eight. It's just crazy. So
2: And you wouldn't want him like, Oh, you gotta have more penalty minutes. No. 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 You don't you know, he he's a good hard nosed defenseman and, and that's gotta that can play, you know, the second power play unit because he's skilled enough.
1: Right. Yeah. But you also didn't select a defenseman out of the Western Hockey League like Brandon Carlo, the aforementioned that we talked about, which I was very leery about his penalties. <laughs> I mean, that guy was getting a penalty uh, at least uh, on average three penalties a game yeah. throughout the season. So I was like, I don't know, but yeah, thirty-eight penalties far from
2: far from being well, bad. Carlo had a spectacular year. He yeah. was phenomenal. Tri City, really? yeah, and and you know even with the the Bruins this year to see him uh really blossom and and grow into the player that I think we all kind of knew he he could be um and it was he was very very good in the playoffs mark
1: yeah absolutely and it is good to see him in the playoffs this year Yes. Yeah. that's a bonus right there um Moving on to another uh, Bruins prospect currently in the, in the uh, Quebec major junior hockey league with the ruin that ran the Huskies, the Memorial cup winning uh, yeah. ruin around the Huskies um, is uh, Jacob Laco. And I hope, uh, is it Jacob or Jacob? Jacob, uh, yeah, I, I think it's Jacob. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, him and uh, him and uh, Zboril from the, their the countrymen. So I'm sure it's the same. Yeah. Um. But th- this kid, uh, drafted in the fourth round, sorry, the third round, seventy seventh overall, um, from the Czech Republic. Uh, not overly great numbers overseas, but comes to the Bruins after the two thousand eighteen draft. Goes right into development camp, and and that's when I really, really noticed him and his skill set, his speed. Um, and then he goes to uh, the Huskies for the first year and gets 41 points in 44 games. That's 21 goals, 20 assists. So my question, and this is gonna be interesting because he's a very like iconic player in the in the Bruins uh, depth. Uh, the, there's a lot of people that really want him. The guy left the podium and they want him in a Bruins uh, uniform already. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, from the people, if folks like yourself um, that I talk to and, and I kind of get in the ears, um, this is the type of player that's going to be good, but he's a work in progress. And, and the biggest thing on him was, and, and I'm hearing from the uh, Ruin Miranda Huskies um, play-by-play announcer on the radio. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm really bad with names, and I totally forgot his name. But he was a guest on uh, uh um program, the, the podcast. Um, I can't remember what it is right now. I'm going to kill it. But anyway, uh, it mentioned that he was very frustrating to work with learning the two-way game. Now, is that something to do with going from bigger ice to the smaller ranks and playing a more defensive style?
2: I I think the kid did phenomenally well. I think, um, personally, you you come over – For the first time ever playing on small ice, new country, new city, new organization, new team, everything is new, and you put 20 and 20 and then dominate in the playoffs, and then was their best player, arguably their best player in the Memorial Cup, an energy guy that brought it, that made things happen? I would have to disagree with, with the two way game. I think that's development. Yeah. That's progression. And sure. There's going to be some nights where it's, you know, he's not going to play as much and, and Mario Pouliot will take care of that. But I think Mario Pouliot said it best. And when I interviewed him and, and wrote the article on him, uh, it was right after Christmas time. And, uh, Mario looked at me and he said, he's going to be one of the best players in the league. And when Mario Pouliot says that, you take notice. Yeah. Because he's been around the game a long time. And I think with good. I think he's going to be, and the big question is, where is he going to fit at the next level? Where is he going to play? Is he a centerman or is he, is he going to be a scoring winger? He has tremendous speed. Unbelievable. It's just a timing and, and, you know, time and space thing. And he figured that out. He figured that out in the playoffs. And he figured that out in the Memorial Cup. Oh, yeah. You you saw him set the wall, go to the net hard and finish. And he's got a a tremendous shot. I think, and and this is what Pouliot told me, he thinks he's going to be a scoring winger at the next level. And you think about that. He can play left and right wing. He skates like the wind. You put him with a skilled guy that can get him the puck in the right areas. He's gonna he's gonna do some damage.
1: It's gonna be dangerous, absolutely. But going back to that two way game, I think that even when I was looking at his like his rookie year and early, I I think away from the puck, he I mean like his development, I I totally get it. But you could definitely see away from the puck, he was struggling. But towards the middle of the season right into the President Cup march and then obviously the Memorial Cup, that two-way game was so much stronger. So he's definitely getting a better idea of how things work over here and, and, and an incredible pace of, of, you know, when he learns. So I'm, I'm excited. I don't know where he's going to end up. I mean I mean, you talk to the shiny new toy theorists and they're like, I want him in the NHL. I don't see that at least for one more season. I could even see him going back to the queue one more year.
2: I, I would love to see him come back to the queue. Um, selfishly, I'd would love to watch him play. <laughs> I think he's going to tear it up. Um, but you hit the nail on the head right there. Is he's a he's adjusting and adapting to the North American game. But where would where would I like to see him? I would like to see him. On, on a wing with uh, number 46. That's where I'd like to see him eventually. Yeah. I think they would have instant chemistry with, and, and that's the type of player that Lauku needs to play with a guy that can, is cerebral and that can get him the puck. And yep. he is a crazy. playmaker. And listen, I'll tell you he doesn't shy away from the the physical side either oh, no, I saw that right saw so that. he's your prototypical bruin now we talked about scouting, okay whoever scouted that young man, okay they did their their homework because this kid this kid's going to be a really really special player
1: uh speaking of special player, I'm not sure if you know a ton about this this um this person but um, blew it up this year uh, with the Halifax Mooseheads, and his name is Samuel yeah. Uh Hopefully, I said that correctly. Aslan. Yep. Aslan. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Um, he had now. Th- my question to you, as a as as a scout in the queue and a guy that's just always around uh, these types of players, why I, I I'm looking at his numbers, and I know we're not all stat driven and so on, but he seemed it, like starting off with the and going, and going to uh, KD the Bathroom the Teton. Um, did he win a call of the cup with the Teton?
2: Yeah. So no, he won a call
1: of the cup. I'm sorry. That's um, we'll all right. Of cup, more of that.
2: Um, he, he was on that team, and, and he, was, he, he was a depth player on that team. So this is, this year for, for uh, Aslan was a real, you know, coming out party with regards to goal scoring. But he scored in bunches, and he was so consistent. When Halifax, when Cam Russell made that that trade, people looked. They're like, well, they had Jordan Marr. Why are you bringing in that guy? You know, they trade, you know, in and, and the whole deal there. And, um, But I want you to know that kid is heart and soul through and through. Had a phenomenal year. Put 45 up, Mark. 45.
1: 48,
2: and, bud. Yeah, 48.
1: Yeah, 48, 48, 38 and 86. That yeah. was an absolute career
2: year in 68 He's the type of player that will bite your arm off to get the puck.
1: So he'll do whatever, he w- whatever it takes to advance
2: right. and succeed. Yeah, whatever it takes. And he's always around the puck. So going back to his, his time in Acadie Bathurst, wins the President's Cup, wins the Memorial Cup under... Mario Pouliot. Pouliot is okay, the ideal coach to get the best out of every player and to find their unique role. And Pouliot did that with Aslan. And is, is confident. you can see he was a confident player. And when, like I said, in Halifax, he was, he was there. The, the, uh, the go-to. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know I, I I tweeted something out and I was going to retweet it and I said no nah, I'm I'm just going to leave it alone. After the memorial, directly after the Memorial Cup, and, and Halifax had one heck of a season. They just went up against a really really tough opponent. Yeah. In, um, in Rouen. Right after that, I tweeted out: win or lose, this kid deserves a pro contract. And, like, two weeks later, Providence, Damn. bam. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thrilled to see him, um, you know, play at that level. And he's a guy that the first, you know, right till like, January, February, I think um, he's, he's going to be an impact player. And I think it's just a matter of time. You know, you look at, at that first year of pro hockey – um, sure, there's going to be some growing pains there, but I think he's going to do very, very, very well at that level, and uh, you're going to see, you know, maybe a two way contract come out of that.
1: Yeah, and, and he's got he's got a two year AHL deal right now, which is a, it's obviously a show me, um, and if he can take those numbers that he did in the 2018 19 season with Halifax, um, and and transition that into a game that uh, head coach Jay Leach is 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 you know is teaching alongside with Trent Woodfield. Um, I think that this kid is gonna uh, is gonna make some noise even this year in the in the AHL. So, uh,
2: but he, Mark, he can play it. He can play any style of game you want. Oh well, he's not he's not he's small. He's on the smallish side. I I, I saw- five ten five ten one eighty five. I saw all the comments. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be another, you know, nah, Riandu and all this stuff. I saw all those. No, 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 no. This, this kid is heart and soul. He's a heart and soul player. And he's going to excel at that level. And- yeah. In, in the game
1: of hockey these days, I refuse to do the size matters. You know what I mean? This, this game is built for everybody these days. Um, and if you have skill, you shouldn't be shunned up, up by it just because you're, uh, you're a smaller player. So, I mean, if you can put the puck in the net, and obviously he did. I mean, this guy's like almost a, a two-point per game. Well, no, it's a point and a half, basically. You know, but if he could transition that into the minor pro level, we're going to see something special.
2: Well, and here's a kid that went undrafted. Okay? Did he go to NHL camps? But he's a winner. You can win with that type of player. He knows what it takes to win. And he, he'll play any style. He can kill penalties. He's a, he's a sniper on the power play, as we witnessed this year. Uh, he drives the net hard. And every time he's on the ice, he makes something good happen. And, you know, if, if you're – again, I don't like making comparisons. I don't like that at all. But you look at 63 and you look at Aslan – very, very similar type players. All right. Now, I think 63 is more skilled. Okay. But you look at Aslan, he he's a good, solid skater and a good uh, playmaker. He's got good vision too. Um, but it's all about getting to those areas and, and into that open space. And I think, you know, he proved it this year in Halifax that, you put him in that open space in those dirty areas, and he's willing. Uh, you get him the puck; he can finish. And um, again, I, I don't want to sound repetitive, but this kid's going to have a good good season at, at the pro level.
1: I hope so. I'm hoping we have another chance to talk about him soon, sometime you know, yeah. beginning of the year. One more question that I kind of threw in there, um, and I'm not sure if you know this or not, but uh, uh, Bruins prospect, defensive at defenseman Axel Anderson Um, he is a hang on a second I I am so slow on my uh, on the whole production here but um, Axel Anderson was selected in the 2018 draft in the second round 57th overall and um, in the import draft he was uh, taken by the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League um, Mocton Wildcats uh, any news on if he's going to report to the queue, but better, more or less, I want to know, he did sign an entry-level deal as I was at development camp the year he drafted. <laughs> so I'm curious on where that's going to go. I know the contracts can slide and so on, but um, uh, any word on if he's going to report or is he going to be uh Providence Bob?
2: Well, I'll tell you this. When John Torchetti took over as the director of hockey operations and head coach of the, of the Moncton Wildcats, um, things tightened up drastically. Um, so uh, from, from any news um, and any sources or leaking of information, I haven't heard. Okay. But I can tell you this, right? they wouldn't have picked him they wouldn't have picked him if, if they knew where he's going. Okay. I got and you. And this is the year really for, for the, the Moncton wildcats. They've, they've kind of, they haven't gone all in, but when you go out and you acquire the best goaltender in the Quebec major junior hockey league in Olivier Rodrigue, that, that sends a message. And oh, they, right so they had a very very good draft this haru kid you're gonna hear this this name okay haru and he's a good two-way guy and, and there's a lot of similarities between haru and jacob Pelche, but okay. Haru is a bigger body and stronger more you know a lot stronger than jacob um was as a 16 so yeah this, this is the year. now the, the Wildcats were dealt a big blow losing Jeremy McKenna. McKenna signed a, a one-year uh, AHL uh, deal with Stockton of the, uh, the Calgary Plains.. So, yep. um, he scored 40, 45, or 46 for the, uh, the Wildcats a season ago. So getting back to your question, and people are saying, "Oh well, why is he? Well, the, they need offense on the, on the blue line. Uh, right, and they need a guy that can skate, move the puck. They have Jordan Spence, Jordan Spence, LA uh, Kings draft pick. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a good year. But on the right side, this this kid's going to come in, and uh, I can't wait to see him. Now, saying that, you know, let's I again, I don't know the the uh, the depth chart in in Providence, and, and maybe they want to you know, play the 19 year old kid down there and then they have that option. Um, but for me, I don't think Moncton make that selection without knowing that he is coming. Okay. To the hub city and playing at the, uh, the state of the art Avenue center. And once he does, I think he's going to have a very successful year because, um, Right now, I think the the Moncton Wildcats are out to prove a lot of people wrong, and this is going to be like year four of their rebuilds. They want they want to win, and uh, they're going to do everything in their power to win uh, this season.
1: Um, a quick question about Moncton is: is this the second year, or is this the first year of the new arena?
2: Second, this is going to be year two. Okay, all right. So it's, the it's it's they, beautiful. It really is. They
1: really have all the seals on the doors really tight. If you don't hear anything,
2: <laughs> Tell me uh, everyone calls me. Yeah. Have you heard anything? No, <laughs> I haven't heard a thing.
1: Well, like I say on Twitter all the time is you're my go-to for the Quebec guys. So <laughs> hey, just to uh, wrap this whole thing up. Uh, one more thing is gaining traction. Um, I heard it on um uh, Guy Fleming's uh, program. I, I'm not sure the name. Again, I'm really terrible with names, but the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League president or commissioner. Uh, what What is his name again? Joe Corto. Yep, that's it. Very good. Uh, mentioned something uh, Guy was talking about, the Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show is the podcast that I listen to. Um, and and uh, Mrs. Corto said that uh, they are – interested and we talked about this i think two years ago when we had you on the first time that american expansion is gaining traction again and and cities are now being mentioned as in manchester new hampshire who lost their east coast hockey league affiliation or or their team because they just they just shut the doors um and he also mentioned that if lewiston maine who had the maniacs back in the day um if they don't Upgrade their arena uh, at the uh, Lewiston, in Lewiston that there won't be a return there. So, is that are you hearing anything? Is that gaining anything at all? I know I know I'm I'm, I'm trying to get so much information, but it just seems like the more I read and the more I listen to these um, these junior programs and podcasts, it's it's really picking up. And I know that other leagues in the in the CHL like the Ontario League. They have Flint in Michigan and and the WHL, they have the Tri-City and and Portland and so on. They have their Western American division. Can the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League come over the border and be successful? And another another little nugget I'm going to add to that is can they cross the border as union members? Oh wow! Because that isn't that isn't that picking up too in the courts?
2: Or
1: is that still a mess?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Some> great <laughs> questions, Mark. Um, first of all, I was able to um, interview Mister. Curteau about uh, two seasons ago, and we talked about expansion uh, or a return to Newfoundland, and at that time, um, Jill said that it would have to be a buy or a sale and relocation. They weren't looking to, to do an expansion draft or, or whatever. It would be a buy or sell and move. So new, new owners take the, uh, the club and, and relocate to Newfoundland. We've been hearing that they want... Okay, it'd be very, very good for the league to be in Newfoundland because a lot of um those players um that that are on the rock are leaving. They're leaving and um you know Alex Newhook is a perfect example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and listen, I'm not here to say one league's better than, than the other. That's not my place to say. It. Yeah, not mine. I'm, you know, I'm walking on a very um fine line here when I say this is it's it's the players' discretion. It's their players' and, and family's discretion. Um, sure, would, would I have loved to see Alex look in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League? I would have, because he's a phenomenal young man and, and a great player. But I think for the league, I think um, a move to Newfoundland would be very, very good. So what are the chances of the league expanding south of the border? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think... Sure, you know. Would they love to go go back? Yes. It's. The, I think it's the same idea and same mindset of a return to Newfoundland. That same. It would have to be a, a, a you know, a sale and transfer of of the team. I, I don't think you're going to see that from a union perspective. We, sure, it, it's in the media. It. Really across the sea, yeah. show and uh, I, I haven't done for, you know a lot of research in that area, so I can't really speak to that. Okay, uh, you know, from a from a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League perspective, I, I go to the ring to to watch the the best fifteen year olds in the Maritimes play, and and that's my job. Yeah. So I don't want to from a me putting my media hat on. Um, you know, sure would would that be? would it be great to see the, the league expand? core? Um, you want expansion, you want growth, uh, you want development. You want to see those young players from the Eastern seaboard uh, in the United States, um, you know, possibly playing the queue as well. You yeah. you'd love to see that. And it'd be good for the game. Um, and it'd be also good for the game. If, if the, the league chose to, to return to, to Newfoundland, yeah. but from Speculation standpoint, I don't know about the union, and um, I certainly don't know much more than that with regards to relocation or expansion. Awesome, yeah. The, one of
1: the reasons why I, I I wanted to bring it up is because I'm, what is gaining traction is is the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League has the rights to the six New England states. So if if, if a New Englander wants to play there, you can cross the border and absolutely go there and get. Um, a wonderful development experience in that league. I, I love the queue. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. Even it, even though as an American, <laughs> I don't understand the language. I still watch <laughs> the games. I really do. I really do. Because you do hear the names. And when you hear a name, you pop up and you're like, oh yeah, that's my boy. But anyway. But one thing that I I have been picking up a lot lately is some of the kids in the in the New England states that are contemplating college NCAA have expressed experience uh, you know saying that they they would love to play in the queue but it's the whole board of thing and so on by having teams that are located in in maybe northern New England would give their parents and families an opportunity to go see them when they make the rounds you know yeah. so that that's something to be considered um uh, if 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 the queue really wanted to tap into that where the uh the NCAA is and so on but uh, I just thought it was an interesting, interesting uh, topic
2: to say. Well, for the last two seasons, we uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League has had a, uh, an American draft. Okay, um, the day after the, uh, a few days after the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League draft. Yeah, and so, you know that that's great. You look at two New England New Englander kids that that excelled up here and had tremendous seasons and, and careers here um would be Cam say, Askew.
1: oh you said ask you i was just about to say that <laughs>
2: and, and connor garland okay and you, know, you look at you look at their progression and, and development uh in the league um you know connor garland just outstanding career like monumental numbers right and ask you with Cam is, you know, there's a perfect example of a kid that never quit and never quit on his dream. Boston, Boston boy. That's right. And, you know, he had a, a great year um, in Carolina with the, uh, the Stingrays. So uh, hopefully, you know, Cam will uh, hook on and, and sign an American Hockey League deal uh, very soon. And, and Connor Garland. What a breakout year for that young man uh, um, in uh, in Arizona. Nice. All right, Craig,
1: I think that's it. I think that I've uh, taken up enough of your time. Uh, once again, I so tremendously appreciate this opportunity to talk again. We are gonna do many more of these, I promise. We're gonna do, I would like to have you on at least once a month. if If everything works out, if everything works out, I know the weekends are busy with you covering the, uh, the queue in your area and so on, but um, we should plan on something because definitely if Axel Anderson's going to be there and, 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 um, uh, Lauku. Yeah. Lauku. With the re- return returned to ruin Miranda. W- w- we'd love to get more information on them from, from your eye test and, uh, and definitely talk more hockey. Cause I, you're a Bruins fan and you, through and through, and I know you 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 have a serious passion for this. So, that's why you're my go to. <laughs> um,
2: thanks, Mark. It, it's always a pleasure to come on and uh continued success in, in everything you guys are doing down there. And um it's uh it's an it's a real pleasure to come on and, and talk Bruins and talk hockey and um one last thing. It's whenever talking with you and seeing the content that you guys are putting out it's um it's really good for the game and it's good for uh, the black and gold and you guys do it right. Awesome dude. that is so much. I'm gonna use that as a sound bite
1: every time though. <laughs> 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 yeah just so, just when somebody pumps the ties I'm like, heres right Eagles All
2: right,
1: Craig, you are a color analyst for the Rogers TV New Brunswick and you can be found on Twitter at es 37 that's E A G S three seven, Craig. Thank you so much, man. And it looks like you and your family are having a great off season. I see the pictures on Facebook. It's awesome, good family time. Uh, keep enjoying it. Keep doing what you're doing, and um, and keep writing those great stories. And if anybody doesn't follow Craig, please follow him because he does a tremendous job covering hockey as a whole aspect, not just not just the queue, but as a as a as a great uh, ambassador of the sport. So. Uh, Thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate it. And uh, we will definitely talk soon. Thanks, Mark. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And thank you very much for talking. Uh, This was the first YouTube interview that we're doing. So uh, this is an inaugural, and I really appreciate Greg's time. So thank you for listening. If you pay attention, we will be back very soon. uh, So stay tuned.